Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I'm happy to say I am joined this morning from the University of Minnesota by Julie Weisenhorn. Hi, Julie. Good morning, Denny. How are you doing? I am doing quite well, and I hope you are as well. And uh, I guess we're we're all kind of excited because we're going to be above freezing today. Yeah, it's going to be a nice week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's you know, I, and I know that you and and uh, all of the gardeners and wannabe gardeners are looking forward to spring. We do that every year, and. You know what's neat about this time of year, I'm stating the obvious, Captain Obvious here, that you can tell <laughs> that uh, that sun has some more power, doesn't it? It's yeah, melting even with single digits. We've Seems Well, like. we've gained, you know, we've gained quite a bit of time, yeah. too. I, I'm not sure how many minutes or hours, but uh, not, not hours, but we have minutes. gained time. And then uh, it also gains intensity because of the tilt of the earth That's and true. where the sun is and where we are in our revolution and rotation and yeah so it's uh it, it it is really noticeably different though absolutely and we'll and we'll take it um and the forecast looks good in fact uh, pretty much all week will be at least uh, at or above freezing so that'll that'll help during the day nice yeah uh in the meantime uh, i want to know what you're doing at this time of year and maybe what we could be doing or should be doing in our own little uh gardens even if it's our own mind <laughs> Let alone, uh, <laughs> what what can we be doing at this time? Seriously. Well, I think uh, one of the things I've been doing is is transplanting some plants that are uh, are were overgrowing their pots, and those are indoor plants. But also, you can be starting to think about starting seeds and collecting all your seed starting uh, tools and materials. Um, one of the best things to do with that is first of all read our yard and garden news. Natalie Hoyle has an excellent. Uh, post on the Yard and Garden News just came out yesterday on how and when to start your seeds. And so she's got some really excellent guidelines, uh, information about, you know, what seeds transplant well, what seeds don't, which ones are better to direct seed, in other words, plant directly in your garden or in your pots versus those that you should start. Some of them have really long uh, growth times and germination times, such as some of our long or warm season crops like tomatoes and peppers take about six weeks before the plants are fairly good sized and can be planted then outside. So you want to kind of step back from around early early or mid-May, and depending where you are in the state, that's roughly, a, it's a pretty safe time that we're not going to get frost after that. Cross your fingers. Um, 
but at that point you can you can step back from that. We usually get to around March, middle of March or so, early March, and yeah. uh, and you can start your seeds indoors at that time. She's got good information on grow lights, um, how light is needed for these transplants, for these little seedlings that you're growing. Um, also about warmth, using seed starting mats. Uh, these are fairly inexpensive. You use them from year to year. They plug into the wall. They're low energy, uh, but they keep the base of the of the pots or the flats that you're growing in at about 75 degrees, 75 to 80 degrees. And so that keeps that bottom warm and it prevents things like damping off disease, which it happens when these little seedlings get very cool. And it also uh, promotes germination and promotes healthy root development too. So she's got all sorts of good information in that. And um, so I'd recommend people take a look at that Yard and Garden News and it is on our Yard and Garden website on Extension, which is extension.umn.edu. Lots of good information on that. And as, as we always like to do is mention that throughout the hour, extension.umn.edu. You're going to have some great reading, great information. And as we head to uh, you know the snowmelt, uh, you guys, uh, you in particular, uh, among others, have put together great lawn information on that website, right? Yeah, and in fact, at the bottom of our website, we have a section called events, and I've just noticed this morning that March 7th and March 8th are two home lawn care webinars from 6.30 to 8 p.m. These are webinars, they're online, uh, and they are uh, in different uh, communities. So there's one uh, by Randy Nelson, who's our educator, actually up in the Moorhead area in Clay County. And he's going to be talking about uh, lawn care up there. And uh, we also have a second one here with uh, Holly Communication. That's also with, or Community Education. That's also with Randy, too. So a couple of good uh, webinars. Anybody can attend those. You don't have to live in that area necessarily. And I think there are some other good events, too, that people would enjoy, too, like Mushroom Identification 101. That's on March 8th also, so. Excellent. Some other good ones, too. All right. I want to invite our listeners to join in. If you yes. have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we're going to do that the rest of the hour. But uh, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, how busy we get. So don't wait. You can call in your garden question, lawn or garden question, or send a text. One number will get you either. 651-461-9226. Again, uh, call in or text in. 651 461 9226. Uh, I tell you what, let's grab, yeah, the, we're already getting, a, a, starting to get some text. Awesome. Let's do this before we break. A uh, listener says, I have several tubers begonia who want to go dormant now. They have been under a grow light. How long before I can start them up again is the question. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that they would be going dormant now, that they've been growing under a grow light, and now they appear to be, as, as the writer says, uh, wanting to go dormant. They normally would go dormant when you bring them indoors and uh, and then allow them to go dormant for probably about, I want to say, 8 to 12 weeks and then plant them up or start watering them and uh, get them pl- potted up and then get them ready to go starting and then plant them up or start watering them and uh, get them pl- potted up and then get them ready to go starting. You know, to, They would be growing right now. So I'm a, I'm a little bit 
surprised at that. We do have a good page on begonias, and I can take a look at a little bit more of that research maybe during the break, and we can come back to that. All right, good. Let's do that. A little homework. All right. Uh, <laughs> stand by. Uh, it's 8.15, and we now have 10 above in the Twin Cities going for near 34 today. Uh, more of the Smart Garden Show straight ahead. Call us or text us with your lawn or garden question at 651 461 9226. Your questions for Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. It is the 26th of February, and it's 10 above zero, heading for 34 today. (laughs) Here in the Twin Cities, more melting going on. A lot of car washes, even though in about another 10 minutes, they'll be (laughs) needing another car wash today. Uh, We are in the midst of our Smart Garden Show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Julie Wise and Horn from the U of M, by all means, call it in or text it in via this number, 651-461-9226. I like this one. It says, good morning, good neighbors. Uh, received a uh, received a Christmas cactus in about a four inch pot. I'd like to transplant to a bigger pot. How much bigger would you suggest? Well, when you do any kind of transplanting, usually we don't recommend going to a hugely larger pot. So just a couple of inches wider or so uh, is probably all you need. Uh, the one important thing with Christmas cactus and holiday cactus in general is to make sure that pot is really well drained. So it has to have a nice hole in the bottom, at least one. You can use clay, you can use plastic, you can use uh, ceramics, but just make sure that you've got good drainage in that container. And, uh, and so that, that's, that's the key with those plants is they oftentimes get overwatered and they suffer from root rot. So good, a well-drained container, but just uh, two, three inches wider than, than what you have right now. Okay. Did you have any follow-up suggestion for the begonia question at all? I did. So we actually have a page on our extension uh, yard and garden site under flowers about tuberous begonia specifically. So the uh, person who texts in that question should take a look at it. Uh, usually these uh, tubers go dormant uh, when you bring them in in the fall. You put them aside, you let them go dormant over the winter, and then in late winter, early spring, you start those plants in a flat of peat moss or vermiculite and and get them growing at that point and then transplant them into a container of you know, proper size. So I would say visit the website. It's got way more information than I can go into on the radio right now. But, um, and I'll be honest, I have never had very good luck with tuberous begonias. I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes there are plants that just don't have the karma with them. <laughs> so yeah. they're gorgeous though. So I'm really glad that the texter, congratulations on keeping them over the winter. And then uh, I think right now though, I don't know if you'd want them to go dormant or not because it would be for you know, a good eight to 12 weeks and you, you really want them to start blooming in the summer. So, um, yeah, take a look at the website though. It's on extension.umn.edu. Go to yard and garden under flowers and you will find tuberous begonias. Very good. Uh, here's another one. It says now that my amaryllis is sitting in the window, soaking up the sun, should I be giving it water periodically? Yes. Now, those bulbs, you don't want to overwater them. Like we talked about with Christmas cactus, actually make sure that whatever container they're in has good drainage. If it's sitting in a decorative pot, if it's a pot within a pot, take it out of that decorative pot, set it in the sink, water it well when it's dry. 
those bulbs are big bulbs, as you know, so you don't want them to sit in wet soil all the time or they will literally rot. So well-drained, make sure they're well-drained when you water them. Let them dry out completely before you, before you water them. It's a Saturday morning. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show. If you're new to the show, thanks for uh, checking us out. Julie Weisenhorn is uh, your expert today from the University of Minnesota answering your questions. Now, if you do have a lawn or garden question, uh, don't wait. Call us or text us as soon as you think of a question. at 651-461-9226. Julie, here's another one. I always like it when they start off with, Help! With an exclamation (laughs) point. It's one of my favorite Beatles songs. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I have had my house for about five years, Texter says. I have very sandy soil, Mm. lots of tree shade, and a sloping front yard. Little sun, very tough to keep any moisture in grass. Any thoughts on keeping the grass other than spending a fortune watering all summer? Is there a particular type of grass seed that I could maybe put down? Thank you. Sure. So if Maggie were on the show, she would recommend fine fescues. Uh, They are a type of grass seed that grow in a variety of different lights, sun, uh, part shade, full shade. They also uh, tolerate drier conditions, as it sounds like this person's conditions are. Uh, They are also, uh, they don't require as much fertilizer. They're kind of low input grasses. And so that would be a good grass uh, to add to your existing grass or whatever. You can also consider in some areas, especially underneath the tree, you could consider uh, a ground cover like an ajuga. You could um, plant that area with shade perennials and pick some of those that tolerate drier conditions. Hostas, of course, are pretty good at that. Um, And you could interplant that ground cover with those perennials. So in other words, give up on the grass in certain areas where it just doesn't grow and go ahead and plant that with perennial plants, uh, more ornamental perennials versus lawn grasses. Carpet bugle. Isn't that a juga? Yes. I, the only reason I <laughs> remember that is they call it too. <laughs> many years ago I, I planted some in a, a previous yard and it it actually grew, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a plus. Yeah, so you sometimes mentioned, it gets a little out of hand, but you just yes. pull it up. You just cut it back. It's not as tough as uh, Creeping Charlie, that's for sure. Now, you mentioned uh, Maggie's name, and for the yeah. newer listeners, uh, let's tell uh, listeners, and we'll be, I know you'll be inviting Maggie in the shows as we get into the lawn-growing season, but what, the, what does Maggie do? So Maggie's role, she's an uh, extension educator focusing on turf grass, so she is the the uh, green queen, so to speak, the lawn guru. Uh, she is uh, super knowledgeable. She did her uh, uh, degree work here in, in Minnesota, and then she went out to California for about four years, and she actually came back to Minnesota. So she's here now with us on our horticulture team. So you'll be hearing from Maggie and Julie yep. uh, down the road here during, uh, awesome. during the show, for sure. I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, I'm getting a signal it's time to look at that warmer forecast, so we'll take that for a change. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, we have about another half hour of the show to go, but don't wait. If if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, if you are a master gardener or just a gardener, a beginning gardener, whatever the case may be, uh, call in your question or text it. One number, it's all you got to remember, 651-461-9226. Back with Smart Garden and more Julie Weisenhorn here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long on this end, along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota on our Smart Garden Show. Answering your uh, lawn and garden questions, by all means, you can call it in or you can text it in. 651-461-9226 is the phone number. Again, it's also the uh, the text number. Uh, we're going to grab a, some more text messages, uh, Julie. But what, what's Sounds this good. about? You and I just started before the break, and I wanted to... Uh, pick your brain about this horticulture day what's that about yeah so some of our uh, county groups our master gardener groups have uh, horticulture days so these are days when people are getting back together they do have uh, some COVID restrictions but you can attend these and we've got kind of a roster of breakout sessions and also keynote speakers and I'm going to be at the Rosemount uh, Let's Get Growing Day, which is put on by the Dakota County Master Gardeners for extension. And I will be the talking primarily about pollinators, but also about edible landscaping. So that's on March 5th. And you can go to our extension uh, website, Yard and Garden website, under events. And there's all the information there. You can click on a link. So that's on March 5th. It's a Saturday. And I hope to see some CCO listeners out there. That'd be great to meet you. Well, by all means, let's mention that before you take your leave today. Sure. For sure. Good deal. We're, I want to mention, for those that don't know, Julie plays in a group called The Abiders, and in just a bit I want to ask you about that. I always like to ask you when your next gig is, and we'll do that in a couple of minutes, <laughs> but I know you, you want to answer a couple more questions yes, from yes, our listeners. Yes, got to get to and, work here, right? <laughs> yes, back to work, and then play. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> I have this one, uh, this texture. Since I have an Aero Garden Hydro Garden, Mm-hmm. The herbs that I grow in it, are they able to be transplanted to outside in the spring? Yeah, they should be fine uh, if they have a good, healthy root system. Uh, I would probably take them out, rinse them off, and uh, and just pop them into some pots, some containers. I think they should transplant fine. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Uh, roots are a little bit different when they're grown grown in a liquid environment versus a uh, a soil environment but they should they should transplant pretty well i think so okay. all right give it a shot this listener said i received a lime tree from florida oh, how should i boy. care for it oh well, goodness don't sakes. ask me because we finally <laughs> we, we finally had to put ours out into the frozen tunnel oh no i yeah. did that too you know <laughs> yeah i know i know well i was just at um uh, nursery the other day, and I was admiring the citrus trees, and I held myself back from buying another one. They are um, they're wonderful house plants, and yeah. and if you grow them primarily for their scent for the flowers, no problem. It can be a little tricky though uh, to get them to fruit and fruit successfully. Some people don't seem to have any problem. Um, I don't think I I personally just don't think I have enough light in my house. They really need a lot of light, and they need a lot of space as they get bigger. So they're really fun to try, and they're fabulous when they bloom. And, boy, if you can get limes off of that tree, awesome. So how do you care for it? They um, typically citrus need a little bit of acidic soil. So you can buy fertilizer, like uh, I think one brand is called Muracid, uh, we use it for blueberries and azaleas, and you can also grow for citrus. But you can also buy specifically citrus fertilizer, and you can look online for that or visit your local garden center that sells citrus plants and and uh, find that product. And I would recommend doing that because it's specially balanced for citrus plants. Your plant will eventually 
uh, need a fairly large pot too. So you might want to start looking around your house, find the sunniest window possible, maybe supplement with some grow lights. And we do have a good webpage on growing, uh, using grow lights indoors for indoor plants and, uh, and also for starting seeds. And so um, those are the most important things. Also keep an eye out for pests because they are um, like any house plant, they can get mealy bugs, they can get scale, um, other insects can be a problem. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. If your plant gets um, dusty, which they can, you can set it in the sink if it's small enough still and, sh- and shower it off with your nozzle. Or if it's larger, you can set it in your shower and do the same and let it drain in there before you move it back into its light. So they're a wonderful plant to grow. I encourage people to give it a try. Um, be diligent. You know, just keep an eye on it. And uh, I I had scale on my Meyer lemon tree, and everybody who listens to this show regularly has heard the woes of my Meyer lemon tree. But it was super fun when it bloomed, and I felt really proud when I got the Meyer lemon off of it. Yeah, and so, the, the the fruit is very tasty. Oh yeah, and you can yeah. move your citrus outside into the in the summer too. In fact, they do right. really really well out there. Absolutely. Maybe I'll try it again. I know, uh, I'm kind of tempted to, but yeah. Let's uh, let's grab a phone call. I think Ted's calling in from uh, Worthington, I believe, uh, this morning. Uh, Ted, good morning. You're on CCO with Julie. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, on, onion sets and uh, don't don't seem to be able to grow large onions. They don't get golf ball size, and that's about it. What what can I do? Okay. Well, you know, every year I get one question about onions, and I have not I'm like you I have not had good success with onions they need very well drained soil they need a lot of sun and uh, and they're very shallow rooted so they need constant moisture and those three things are probably most important so I would choose a spot that is absolutely in full sun you plant those sets out in early spring make sure the soil is well-drained, and has a lot of organic matter in it. So that would mean mixing in some um, high-quality compost, or also you could mix in some peat moss, some of those things. And then to to plant those sets and keep them well-watered. But again, drainage is really important with onions because bean bulbs, they will rot. And I think that's probably... The most important thing, you can also um, side dress with fertilizer once the roots are established and uh, and then also avoid using any kinds of weed and feed fertilizers around those vegetables because they can, as a reminder, they can kill the vegetable plants. So I would say that um, I'm just actually going to refer you also to our onions webpage because it has even more good information on it. Uh, it's called Growing Onions in Home Gardens. It talks about sets, talks about fertilization, talks about harvesting, um, controlling weeds, insects, things like that. So take a look at that. It's written by Cindy Tong, who is one of our faculty members in post-harvest horticulture. And uh, super good information. That's on extension.umn.edu. And go to our vegetables page under Yard and Garden. And we have vegetables A to Z. So lots of good specific pages on specific vegetables, and there's one on onions. Okay. 
This texter, Julie, says, thank you. Love your show. Uh, please talk about some hardy house plants from my shaded house. Maybe we could generally talk about choosing plants. What do you think? That's a great idea, Denny. Um, yeah, sh- light is one of the biggest restrictors in our homes. We we just, you know, the light is coming through windows. We have north-facing windows. Sometimes you just don't have that perfect location or it's very small and you can only fit so many plants into that space. So you definitely want to choose house plants that will grow well in the conditions that you have, just like outside. When you are looking for a plant in your garden, you want to look at how much light gets to that location that you're looking for. Let's say it's by the entry garden to your home. You want to also look at the soil that you have and uh, and get a soil test done. We have a great soil testing lab at the University of Minnesota. So you want to know your sunlight, your soil, and then how much space you have. And it's the same kind of the same thing with house plants. You want to look at how much light you have how big a plant you want. I mentioned that Meyer lemon tree, that took up a lot of real estate in my grow room. And um, ultimately, I have probably seven or eight plants that are in the same amount of space that that Meyer lemon tree was. So you want to look at how much space you have. And then also be sure that the container that you planted in uh, is well-drained and that you have good soil in there. And they, they come from the greenhouses in good soil, but ultimately they need to be repotted. And we talked earlier with the texture about how big a pot should I repot my Christmas cactus in. You don't need to go much larger than, uh, than the pot that usually a house plant is in. Some house plants are very hands-off. Hoyas, for example, is my favorite example. I'm looking at a Hoya on my table here while I'm talking with you. It is an old plant, came from a cutting that my mom gave me, who got it from her aunt. And my cousin has cuttings from the same plant, and so does Tim Kenny, who is my uh, supervisor and director of education out at the Arboretum. So the plant gets around. But it's a very low, hands-off plant, low light. It does not respond well to lots of fertilizer. It likes to dry out. So that's a good one to start with, and you can grow it in fairly indirect light it does it can go in the sun but it also uh, can be on a corner of a desk which is not near a window so that's uh, that's a good choice the other thing that's kind of cool to do is find out about your house plants where they are native where do they grow naturally and what conditions do they grow naturally and here's a great example I wrote an article about this in yard and garden news and it and I mentioned the African violet which growing up my grandma had african violets and i and they sat on her windowsill and i thought oh they're so delicate they're so tiny they're so fussy they've got these little fuzzy you know leaves and they they you're not supposed to get water on them and the flowers are so delicate and i thought these are little fussy plants but they're actually super tough plants where they grow they grow in tanzania out of rock cliffs at the equator so that tells you that they have consistent daylight, 12 hours of light, 12 hours of darkness. They also have uh, consistent temperatures of around 65 to 85 degrees. So now you're kind of getting the idea of the conditions that they grow in. They also grow out of rock cliffs, so they grow in well-drained soil. So that tells you I need a pot with well-drained soil. I, I need to have cooler temperatures. They don't need these hot temperatures. And I also need to provide... Uh, uh, kind of a, a, enough daylight, enough light for those plants. So that being the case, mine grows under, uh, I have one now, uh, and it grows underneath a grow light. 
to give it those enough uh, light. So think about that as you're looking at plants and house plants are huge. They have made this enormous comeback. Uh, I think particularly we've all been home so much. And uh, But go to the garden center, enjoy the, the ride, looking around, thinking about what you want to grow. Try something. You might look at the description and go, boy, that's a little bit uh, far for me or a little bit of a reach. But try it out, you know. Um, try not, you know, you have a budget, of course, of how much you want to spend, but get a little bit of a reach. But try it out, you know. Um, Try not, you know, you have a budget, of course, of how much you want to spend, but give it a shot. Um, look for plants that maybe you grew up with that have some kind of connection you have a connection with. Um, yeah, super fun. It's a great hobby. It's very addictive, too. I think somebody asked me, I was doing an interview for an article recently, and someone said, how many house plants do you have? And I sat here and I counted, and I had to count all the amaryllis that are now in, in from the garage and starting to bud. I think I got up to 80 plants. Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Carl would say, we're almost out of plants here. <laughs> yeah, let's build another house. <laughs> All right, Julie, we, we need to take a break. Uh, we have uh, John and Montgomery on the horn here when we come back, and some textures as well on our Smart Garden Show. It's 10 above zero, heading for 34 today here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Julie, we have callers. We have textures. I want to ask awesome. you quickly, uh, we mentioned that that you play in a group called The Abiders. Uh, you guys yeah. always have a lot of fun. You sound so <laughs> great. What uh, What's your next gig? i got to ask our you. That. Yeah, our next gig is on Saturday, March 26th. We'll be at Surfside in Mound. And uh, we played here before. Uh, great place to go. Fabulous food, uh, super friendly staff, and uh, kids can be there till around 10 o'clock. So um, come on out. Come on out and hear us. All right, good deal. Excellent. A lot of fun. Uh, We promised John of Montgomery he'd be next on the phone. John, uh, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Julie? Yeah, good morning. Uh, Regarding houseplants and light and windows, I'd like to know, or to expect what your ideas are about these new windows with all these energy-saving coatings on them and how that affects your houseplants? Boy, that's a good question. I, You know, John, that is something that I am interested in looking into. I have not thought about that. Um, but that's, you know, the more layers on the glass, I'm guessing the more diffused the light is, especially if they're non-fade windows, uh, if they're blocking UV rays, um, they could be blocking some of the spectrum. I don't know, but that's a great, really, really good question. And one that I'm going to put on my list here to take a look at. Um, you know what I might do, Julie, next hour, Andy Lindis will be with us. Hey, we talk about windows. Yeah. And, we're gonna, and I know that, that in, you know, that's there are windows idea. that, you know, keep keep the heat in during the winter and the right. cool in, in the summer. We'll, we'll talk to him about it. Maybe yeah. he has some ideas. I know that you got to keep your windows clean because the dust or dirt on your windows will diffuse the light. So I'm right, guessing yeah. there might be some of that going on with the coatings. Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Great we'll, question, uh, We'll John. let you do Thank some you. homework, and I'll uh, talk to Andy okay. next hour on our Home Improvement Show. Uh, meanwhile, this uh, texter said, I would like to try 
large perennial hibiscus again. I have clay soil. I've been unable to winter them over successfully to another season. What advice can you give me? I think probably the drainage in that soil, heavy clay soil is poor drainage. So when you go to plant that new hibiscus this spring, be sure to amend the soil with compost uh, or something like leaf litter. If you can crush up leaves or chop up leaves, that also makes a good soil uh, amendment. If you're making compost in your own backyard, that's terrific too. And use that to lighten up that, that uh, clay soil. Make a, and dig the hole really big, much bigger than the container that the plant comes in, you know, out to two, three times the width of that. And dig it nice and plant it at the same level that it's in the container and see if that works. Also make sure it has enough sun. That's the other thing, too. Okay. This listener has a Peruvian lily. I cut it down, they say, and dug up bulbs in the fall. What advice do you have on where and when to plant the bulbs? I think uh, if you have bulbs that you've kept over the winter, now is a good time to plant them up in a pot uh, and to go ahead and put that in a sunny window, start watering it. And as you start to see new growth from that, then start to add a dilute fertilizer to that. So that's like about half to one-third the strength of fertilizer. You can use probably an all-purpose fertilizer uh, for that or maybe a bulb fertilizer, considering it's a a type of bulb. And then uh, either move the container outside after frost uh, thread is over, which would be, you know, mid to late May, uh, or or transplant them into your garden if that's what you choose to do. Now we have a couple minutes to go, Julie, and I, uh, I. We always like to mention, folks, if they haven't been, especially, is get to the arboretum. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's so much going on. To, this is the last weekend of the flower show, so be sure to come out. It's over as of tomorrow at the end of the day, um, but also in March. There's things like this one sounds super intriguing, the full worm, full worm, <laughs> moon hike. And it's called a full, the worm moon gets its unique name because earthworms start to resurface at this time of year. So <laughs> this is a full moon hike. And uh, so go ahead. And that's something that's coming up on March 18th. There's also the Maple Fest pancake breakfast, uh, celebrating the maple syrup season. That's on March 19th. And there's a lot of yoga retreats. If you're a yoga fan, there's yoga retreats, there's winter uh, yoga, uh, certainly not outside, but uh, we call it winter in the garden. Lots of great art shows coming up. And uh, you can also, as of Mace uh, coming up, um, you can s- set up reservations to shop the Arboretum's plant sale, which is occurring in May on the 7th and 8th. And those will be made available to the public March 30th. So put that on your calendar to go to the website on March 30th. And, and get your reservation for the plant sale May 7th and 8th. So thinking ahead there. Yeah, once you get to the Arboretum, you're going to want to go there quite often. We have yeah. about a minute to go, Julie. Maybe again, for those that uh, want to connect with a master gardener or just get some great reading in to learn a lot, uh, give us that website again. Yeah, extension.umn.edu. You can subscribe to the Yard and Garden News. It comes out every two weeks. It's current information, things that you should know now as a gardener, both indoor and outdoor. And also uh, visit the events section on our page and look at some new classes that might be available. Talk to your master gardeners in your county. Find out what they're doing too. So uh, lots of great stuff. The whole season is ramping up super, super fast. Yeah. And in 20 seconds, how about that Hort Day? Yeah, Horticulture Day out at Rosemount. On March 5th, uh, Saturday, I will be out there doing some speaking. I'm also going to be at the Anoka County 
Court Day 2, which is the first Saturday in April. Outstanding. Julie, always fun, always a pleasure. Let's do this again. Sounds good. Great, Denny. Have a good week. You too. Thank you very much. Julie Weisenhardt from the University of Minnesota. Now, coming up next here on CCO, get those home improvement questions ready. We mentioned that about Andy Lindis will be helping you out uh, next hour. So get those home improvement questions in mind, and uh, we'll get those answered either by phone or by text coming along. Uh, In the Twin Cities, uh, it's 10 above. We're heading for a high near 34. It's going to be kind of a breezy day today, so stay tuned. Skies are fair. And right now on 830 WCCR, Twin City temperature reading 10 degrees, and that is above zero. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.